What up, Zach Attack? How we doing? Doing great, Zach. You know, I recently just went out of town. Okay. I went on a drive. You know this. Yeah. I don't know why you're saying okay. Is yeah, a I mean, surprise. I, I was there. Shout out Kia Soul. Shout out Kia Soul. You didn't ride with me. Right. I maintain social distancing. I can occur, I, I can ensure that to our listeners. I but remember. I drove to the great state of Missouri. The motherland. Your home state. That's right. Um, and so as I was on my way, I stopped for gas. You have to. It's I have too to. far. I have an 11-gallon tank. Oh, gosh. Really? And so... I, I can make it in about, I make one stop on the yeah. way. Seven hour drive, one stop. That's not bad. I'm kind of a powerhouse. <laughs> My car needs to, to stop before I do. Wow. So, I mean, I don't need to brag, but. Any hoosies. Any hoosies. While I was on the way, I stopped at a gas station in Oklahoma. Okay. Do you remember, was it like Love's, Casey's, QT? Uh, it was, I don't remember. Okay. That's it fine. was, it was cheap. The gas was cheap. It's I think cheap that right I paid a dollar and nine cents. Wow. Per gallon. Wow. I probably spent twelve dollars. Wow. I guess. So shout out Kiesel. <laughs> Anyways, uh I was getting gas and actually as I was getting gas, I had to finish an assignment. So I was sitting in my car with my laptop on my on my legs and I was taking a break from driving to finish my finish my um assignment. And so as I'm doing this, a, a car pulls up next to me. I believe it was a black Honda pilot. Okay. I don't actually know for sure, but it was it was a bigger car. <laughs> yeah. I'm a smaller car. Yeah. Pulls up next to me. And there's a man and who I'm gonna say is his son, probably about 16 years old. So the son. Guy. The son is 16 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the man's probably 35 okay. or older. Uh, probably 40s. I'm not really good at guessing age, but he tells me to roll down my window. And so I rolled down my window and I'm kind of confused. I'm like, hey man, what's up? What's going on? And he was, I think, Middle Eastern. Okay. I'm not great at the accent, but I'm going to try. Sometimes it slips more <laughs> Russian. Oh, my gosh. But he was like, uh, hello, I need, do you have gas, money for gas? And I said, oh, like, do you, do you need some money for your gas? He said, yes, gas for, <laughs> money for gas. That's exactly what I just said. Uh, and, I, and I was kind of like trying to understand. He said, and, and. He just keeps talking because he can tell I'm just in mentally processing right. what's happening. I'm in the middle of my assignment. Yeah. He comes, invades my space. That's a he needs some gas. I understand. That's a problem. And then he goes, uh, my family, we are from Chicago. We need to get to Chicago. And, <laughs> and I say, what? Uh, what? You need money for gas for Chicago? He's like, yes, I leave my wallet. I forget it in Chicago. We need to go back to Chicago for my wallet. I have no gas for money. <laughs> what? And, and so I, I'm, I'm confused at this point. Right. And he's essentially, he then he goes on to say, I need, do you give, I give you my gold for, for money for gas. He pulls his ring off no of his way, finger. No way, dude. I don't know if it was real gold or not, but he, he like holds out his ring to 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 like out the window to show me that it's gold or whatever. Wow. I'm like, I'm like, hey man, no, like you can keep your gold. You don't need to give me your gold. He, uh, but I was like, so are you? You're trying to drive to Chicago? He says, yes, we need money for gas to go Chicago. I leave Chicago. My family Chicago. I and <laughs> I'm like, you're going to Chicago? He says, yes. I pull up on my maps. Oh my! Our location is eleven hours drive from Chicago to go back and get his wallet. So, so I don't know if he was going back there or what, but right. I said, "You're you're going to Chicago." He's like, "Yes, from Chicago. I go to Chicago." I said, "So I'm not going to be able to give you enough gas to get to Chicago, right?" 
I'm not, I just can't do it. He's like, no, I need some, he's again, persistent. I don't think that he knew a lot of English, but I was like, sir, you're 11 hours from Chicago. You need to understand you're about to run into the same problem multiple times right. before you arrive at your destination. You'll probably be in a, in a less dense populated part of the country right. once you get there. Also, it was, it was four, four, three to 4 p.m. Oh yeah, so it would have been middle of the night. So he would have been going at the middle of the night again when he probably needed gas. Ooh, so... <laughs> I was just so, I was so confused. And so I was like, hey man, like I can't give you, I just did not feel good about it. Yeah. I felt I sketchy inside. I like I'm all he about helping a ring. people. Help. I've helped other people get gas before. You are a nice guy. You're a but nice just, guy. It was just in my spirit. I just wasn't, didn't feel good about this one. So I understand. I say, sorry, like I just am not going to be able to help you get to Chicago. Right. And he's right. like, so, and then the back window rolls down. There's a, a woman who is, I think his wife. Yeah. And sitting in the back seat. She was letting her son sit in the front. That's nice of her. What a what kind. And what a she's she's in a higher voice, same accent. Please, can you help get us get to Chicago, please? <laughs> That's not Whoa. a good accent. But I was just like, guys, I can't help you. And he so finally he looks at me. He says, no money for Chicago gas, whatever. I don't know how exactly he said. I said, no, sir. Sorry, I can't help you. Mm. He goes, ah, grunts, rolls up his window. And then he proceeds to turn and drive south mm. out of the gas station. <laughs> which not on the way to Chicago, It's not on the way to Chicago, which is funny, but sometimes you have to take a step back to take a step. I forward. guess I'm just confused. I hope he made it. If I, he's a listener. <laughs> yeah. He's not from the Philippines, but he could be a listener. Yeah. He could be a listener. We do love our Filipino audience, but moral of the story. Yeah. Don't trade gold rings for gas. Welcome to the Next Generation Leader Podcast, where we believe great leaders are listeners, especially during their youth. Good leaders learn from their successes and mistakes, but great leaders learn from the successes and mistakes of those who go before them. I'm your host, Zach Funderburg, here with my co-host, Coop McCullough. How are we, Coop? Whoop, whoop. I'm good, Zach. That's probably the funniest real-life, no um, embellishments right. story that I've ever been a part of. Yeah, that was funny. I called you after and told you, you like did. a little bit about it, and I was like, dude, I can't believe this is real. Yeah. Driving south to go to Chicago just yeah. doesn't make sense. I think it was, if I had to give my thoughts, I think he only knew of that city. city yeah. I think he knew that that Might was a have. city, and I think he was wanting some money for sketchy things. We'll say, we'll say good tactic. He almost good got tactic. it. He almost got it. And once you know, don't feel bad for not giving yeah. a yes. Not okay. today, Zerg. Not <laughs> okay, any whoosies. Today, Cooper, if you couldn't guess, one of my faves. Um... Yes. One of my favorites. This is Richard Moore. Ooh. Now, Richard is from London, so we had to Zoom. Moy BN. <laughs> that was not right. Okay. So we had to Zoom, which we're having to Zoom a lot right now with right. social distancing. Shout out Zoom. But even more. Sponsor? Well, I wish. Me too. Even further away across the pond yeah. in London. That's awesome. Richard is like one of the best communicators. Like he talks, like if you take notes for some reason while you listen to our podcast, you better get like stretch out your wrist right now because this guy talks. Fast. I hope you have your pen with you. I hope you have your pen with you. And if you don't, you're a bad leader. I'm just kidding. I kid. I only kid. Any whoosies. Richard Moore is a stud. We talk about productivity. I, I got to ask him a lot of questions like how he keeps his day productive, especially in this time of quarantine where he's at home with his family and his kids and how he balances that work life balance where where he's working in the other room where his kids are hanging out. Yeah, which is hard. Something that he's talked about in there was having start and end times on the his to-do list. Right. Because a lot of times he said, I, I would I used to say, I'm going to start this at 11, mm -hmm. but I, I enjoyed doing it. So when I look up, it's 3 o'clock, and wow. I have it done, but I haven't done anything else right. throughout the day. And so it kind of dominates his to-do list, right. and everything's off schedule. Exactly. Yeah. He's off schedule. So he, he, he then said, I'm going to start at 11, and I'm going to start this next task 
at 12.15, and I'm going to end this one at 12.10. Give me a little break. Yeah. And then we know we have a set time. We got to get stuff done. Yeah. Richard is a guy that gets stuff done, and we get a chance to learn from him today. I hope you're taking notes. I hope you learn because you got to be productive. Yeah. Procrastination is the killer of leadership. It's the killer uh, of teams moving forward. I mean, procrastination is a killer of progress. And new uh, good grades. And good grades. <laughs> as college students know. As we do. As we do. But Richard Moore's a stud. We love him. Hope you all learned something from him today. Here he is, Richard Moore. Well, Richard, thanks so much for being with us and, and being on. I want to ask you some great questions. So I want to start by just letting you introduce yourself and, and tell your story. How did you get to where you are today? Okay, so uh, hi, thank you so much, Zach. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's an exciting journey you're on as well. So I really appreciate being on this uh, podcast. So I'm Richard Moore. Um, I, at the moment, uh, mostly coach corporates and startups because it's a fun space uh, on their sales. And um, there's a lot of love and talk and, and excitement from people on things like building their brand and making sure a website looks polished. But I'm the guy that focuses on how to get those first sales, how to commercialize mm. and how to actually ge generate something meaningful in return for the hard work and talent people have got. So that's kind of my focus. Uh, and I, on the side, although it's on pause at the moment, I run an event series called Entrepreneur Business Live uh, that I've run since uh, summer 2018. Um, it's on pause because we've not got any travel at the moment because of the virus. But right. Uh, it's been really great. We drive a lot of money into local charities and hundreds and hundreds of people have been to these events over the last uh, almost two years uh, around the world. So I'm really pleased with that too. Um, but I started uh, way back where you are. I was, in, I was a student at university. I had two degrees in history and I was trying to go for my PhD to become a, a doctor of history. I wanted to wow. be a lecturer and stay in academia. I had this romance for it, Zach. Yeah. And um, uh, unfortunately, the last minute, I couldn't get funding for my PhD. Mm. And it's expensive to keep it spending is. money on, on, oh, on I know. courses, as you well know. <laughs> um, so, so instead, I was like, I need a job. I took the first interview, got the job straight away, and, I just, and, and it was selling, cold calling, down the phone, and selling uh, internet marketing 17 years ago. So it's been a long time. Uh, and since then, it's been really, uh, I've been a, a student of sales, and then it's all been very much a marketing space with that vibe as well. And it's taken me a, long, a, a number of different routes, managing, uh, coaching, and about, uh, it's getting on for what it'd be now, um, seven-ish years now, I've run my own thing. Wow. So I run a consultancy, where, as I say, where I help people with, with sales um, uh, and, and coach specifically on that. And in the last couple of years, um, I've made sure I'm leveraging the social platforms, namely right. uh, LinkedIn, right. effectively. And, and it's been a, a really great way to generate inbound uh, opportunities as well. So I, I, I help people with how to sell, but also how to attract uh, customers and audience. That's kind of my, very much my focus uh, as well. So it's me in a nutshell for you. Yeah, that's great. And, and that's how we met too, through LinkedIn and the videos you put out. If you, if you have a LinkedIn, go follow Richard. He puts out some great content, great videos. Uh, you do not want to miss out on that. But today, Richard, kind of what we want to talk about is just this procrastination culture that is really just riddling my generation and even our just society today. The people putting off work, people, people waiting, procrastinating, being lazy. And, and, even just talking to you and just that intro, you're a guy that gets after you. You're a guy that goes, does more and, and wants to succeed. So what is kind of your thoughts on that or your kind of cure for laziness, if you will? 
Oh, wow. So I should, if I, it was only so simple, but it's a really interesting thing. And I, I think where it all starts is, is being a student, not just of, of techniques and, and hacks, but also you've got to understand what's going on under the bonnet, right? So mm. or under the hood, you'd say. Right. <laughs> so what, what's really crucial is to think about the people themselves that have the problem and, and looking at human psychology, like look at behavior, where, why are people reacting a certain way? So I spent a lot of time reading, I have over the years, about human behavior and, and how that translates to our actions or doesn't. And the truth is that the natural human, the animal that is a human has this natural state of being lazy, of, of specifically energy preservation, because we, we don't, because we live as, a, as an instinctual animal on uh, this idea of scarcity. Your old brain, the instinctive animal brain in your head doesn't know that there's a supermarket around the corner and it's got food at, at any moment if it needs it. Right. It works on the basis that it's 200,000 years ago or whatever and it's like on the African savannah and it doesn't know when it's going to eat. Yeah. So it works on scarcity and saving energy and being lazy is actually a pres preservation uh, uh, thing. So how do you hack against that? Right. Well, laziness, if that's our current state, we have to look at the building that what's known as momentum in habits. And in 2009, I think it was the University of London or East London did a paper on, on this. They actually yeah. wrote about how um, it takes about two months on average for the average human to build a new habit. And what this really says is if you build momentum in a habit of doing something, you will be used to doing it. So to translate directly to answer your question, if you are lazy, it's because you're used to being lazy. Right. Forgetting for a moment that it is our animal default to be lazy. You are in that habit. In, if, you're, if you're in the habit of not going to the gym, you will not go to the gym. If you're in the habit of eating crap food, you'll be in the, you will keep doing it. So those people we look at and revere for being highly productive we look at the systems they have and we look at we're trying to observe as lazy people or people in a currently lazy state or state of having the habit of being being lazy we look at them and, and like what is it they're doing but the difficulty is getting over that first hurdle to actually execute and the truth is the highly productive people out there are in the habit of being highly productive mm. okay so um, anyone you want to name who is super busy, they are used to being super busy, so that's all they know. Right. So the question is, how do you get in, get the first part of that momentum going? And the truth is that you have to look at things that are going to get some momentum. The momentum starts from doing small, simple to to uh, to do tasks, and that will end up with you feeling like there's some sense of progress. If you can build that in every day, you will move to a place where it becomes over time the norm. But you must commit to committing for, say, to two months. Yeah. And uh, the, the best hack in this space I've, I've come across is that if I schedule my day, not just start times for tasks, but also end times to almost challenge myself and gamify my day. So, you know, I, by this time, I'm going to get this done, I'm going to get this done building in rewards, building in breaks, but having that sense of a direction across my day, I'm forcing a kind of artificial productivity, Zach. Right. And what's happening is I'm conditioning myself that this is my natural way of working. Mm -hmm. And what happens, it's fascinating, is that we condition ourselves past those, say, two months or so. It's an average. Some people take three weeks. Some people take six months. Right. An average of two months. 
you get to this point where it's all you know. And that's why, genuinely, I believe, and the science really supports it, is that when the alarm doesn't even go off in fact, but when it does go off at like say half six in the morning, I have no problem just getting up and getting straight out of bed. Right. Because that's what I always do. In the same way as if I always, always press snooze and always chill in bed, I just do that all the time because that's what I'm used to. So don't give yourself a huge target to start with. Day one of this should be, I'm going to do three small things. Yeah. I'm going to do them when I'm probably at my best, cerebrally, in the morning when I'm out of freshest. I'm going to do these two things, write down the time I'll do it and what that thing is. And I'm just going to start building these actions in. And, and that is how you build a habit and, and it helps you stay on point. As to what your tasks are, it's a different conversation, of course, but, totally. but it's so important to, to build that as a habit. That, that's my take on it. And yeah. I've given it with myself to be the right way of approaching it. No, that's great. And it's such a great way, place to start. I want to go back to something you started at of this scarcity mindset. So what you're saying is that humans operate out of a scarcity mindset. And so that inherently makes us lazy or less productive. Yeah, your, your um, lizard brain, animal brain, crop right. brain, brain, all the authors have used different ones to make themselves feel, uh, feel like they're being novel. But the yeah. truth is, it's just your old brain, the one that's not thinking, the one that's just instincts, the one that, that um, has greed or jealousy or hunger that takes over you and makes you irritable or whatever it might be. That brain, you have to be aware it exists because you are still animal still. And we have tamed it and we have civilization and, and culture as a thin veneer on top. But it is working in scarcity because it doesn't know that you can just go to a thing called a kitchen, open a fridge and get food. It works on the basis that if it's hungry, that there's a problem. And, you know, this feeds into so many things. Like it, it worries that you, that there's not enough food. So you have to stay social and accepted socially by your tribe because your tribe supports you with social creatures because I can't go and bring down a woolly mammoth on my own or, right. or, or hunt on my own. I need the security of my tribe with me. And if I'm ostracized by stepping out of line socially, that could mean a problem for me as a, as a, as an organism staying alive, right? That's a, preservation right. technique, technique, which is what maps directly to people's fear of things like speaking in public. It's the real reason why we get anxious or awkward in front of people or, or putting ourselves out there or that kind of thing, because we're fearing social ostracization. And then the issue is that that's the animal part of the brain, the instincts telling you, don't do that. Don't step out of line because actually you're going to end up potentially, you know, losing that tribe around you that supports right. you. What it doesn't know is that, but it doesn't matter. You just go and make more friends and actually no one cares about that anymore. Yeah, totally. And I think even that security of people leads into the security of where I'm at and, and this mm -hmm. comfortability of where I'm at and even going to the comfortability of my bed. So I'm going to hit the snooze button and not get out of bed. And so you yeah. mentioned in there the small habits that that accumulate to make the bigger habits and, and set really the course of your life or where you're going to yeah. go and who you become. So yeah. how do you start that? How, the day one, how do you just get out of bed instead of just pushing the snooze button again? Yeah, well, well, sometimes day one, you don't. That's the right. point. And sometimes day one, you give yourself a break and you do the other things. So what this stems from, Zach, was it was when I, um, I remember a while back, I was coaching a sales team and there were a few people who were scared of calling a certain country. And in that country was their own. They were scared of calling the UK. Huh. And what it is, because of the language barrier thing and superiority uh, thing that they had that like, 
look, I'm a master of speaking English. When I call the continent, when I call Europe, that's their second language. So actually, I'm not scared of doing it. But we're calling the UK, I'm really, really scared. And so just say, saying to them, oh, just do it, dial the number and call them, wasn't a solution because it didn't help them overcome their fear. And of course, the moment I left the, the office to go train some other company, they were there going, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm right. too scared to make these calls. So what we did instead was we looked at the objectives. And it's the same, it's a direct parallel, parallel here. Rather than trying to do too much, you set yourself some objectives that you can warm up to. So I said, right, for the next three days, your job isn't to do any sales in the UK. It's to dial 10 UK numbers per day. If hmm. someone picks up, it's a bonus. If they hung up on you, it doesn't matter because your objective has been lowered in line with where you are right now. Hmm. Mistake people make, and one of the reasons why they fail is because they set their objectives in the wrong position. So they will say something like, it's January. I want to lose five stone. Oh, it's now February. I've not lost five stone. So now I'm not going to go to the gym anymore. And you've right. got to set your, set your objectives accordingly. If you like, do you know what? The truth is I'm pretty lazy and I don't get anything done. And I really need to be this productive superhuman. Right. Well, well what's step one going to be? Do you know what? I ain't going to get out of bed straight away in the morning. But what I would, what I would like to do is say no snoozes. When the alarm goes off, I get out of bed. And that is the one win for the day. Right. And maybe I set my alarm a bit later. You know, don't yeah. try and be a hero. Don't try and, there's no one you're going to impress. What you need to think is momentum is what wins. Hmm. And what happens is you could say to yourself, right, rather than snoozing eight times until nine o'clock every morning, I'll just set the alarm for nine every morning. And at nine, I get up. So I don't snooze right. at all. I get up at the same time. And that's that. Or, you know, whatever. It might be just like when I wake up, I get out of bed. And that's my only thing to do today. And you just get into something of a habit of it. Then, like, by day five, you're like, okay, I'm doing this. What's the next thing? Maybe the next thing is I have to read a book for one minute. And then you turn, you know, you're like, Alexa, set the timer for one minute. Right. I hope no one here has got one. <laughs> I know we have a lot of Alexas going on. <laughs> but Alexa, set the timer for one minute. I open any book at one page, read something. Can I get something out of, in of interest from it? Right. I will, I will go on. I will. And then you can start building these things in little habits that are easy to smash and just tick, totally tick them off. Yeah. And, um, what I do is I, I would start things like, like read for five minutes and find one thing of interest. Um, watch a video on X and then close YouTube afterwards, but watch a video on X and learn something from it. Right. Um, check in with three people who I look up to at what they've posted recently Little things like this, just building habits. Right. And then going from there, you might be like, well, what's going to make me productive? Well, what are the things I need to do today? Yeah. Maybe it would be good for me to have, not today at some point I'm going to connect with five new people, but today at 11 o'clock till 11.20, I must go to LinkedIn and connect with five new people mm -hmm. and say hi and ask how they're doing. And, and every day I'll just do five. It's not much, but in a month, that's, you know, that's a lot. That's 150. Right. You know what I mean? But, but I always set a time against it. And then so it, you're driving habit to happen. And it, it's strange how when you do that list with times against each thing, you tend to show up and do it.
Right. And it starts with setting measurable goals that can ultimately scale as, as time goes on, which is, is what you're saying. And, and I love that. But I also love when you schedule your day, you don't just put a start time, but you put a finish time. And it's even something you call like a win to do list rather than just creating a to do list of I need to do the X, Y and Z today. You say I need to do this from this time to this time, because then it gives you a goal. I'm not just going to start at 11, but I'm going to end at 1125 because that's yeah. when I need to start the next the next exactly uh, and there's a couple of reasons why firstly it's great because when you start the day you're like wow by the end of the day i'm going to have all that stuff done you just go then show up and do it it also keeps you on point but the key thing about my when to do list each day is that i add in things like when i'm going to eat when i'm going to have a coffee when i'm going to have a break when i'm going to have a read when i'm going to spend time with my children whatever it might be all of that's built in so everything gets done because in my opinion a successful person is someone who does everything not just who does great business or whatever. You have to show up for all parts of your world. But the other thing as well is that it's so essential to have that end time because if you don't, you end up really enjoying one of those tasks that perhaps also, or, or maybe it goes over, it runs over, and you end up then not doing other tasks. Mm. So well done, you did that one task really well, but now other ones have failed. So right. you have to, you, have, you can't binge on one thing too much. And if I've got a three-hour task, that I will cut it in half I'll do an hour and a half today and then an hour and a half tomorrow. Yeah, that's great. And I think even in there with the times, you said you scheduled breaks, you scheduled time to be with your children, you scheduled time for even videos or social deals where you get on with LinkedIn. Is that what helps you stay inspired or motivated throughout the day? Yes, because rather than going, right, I'm going to have an admin day, which is a terrible idea. And I'm going to have a boring day when I just catch up. No, I'm, I'm punctuating it with lots of other things. And Spending time with my children should be just as important as closing a deal if you want to be a successful person, right? Of course. So, so that's why it featured that. And that's, uh, was it half nine this morning? I think it was half nine. No, it was half 10 this morning. The whole family went out for a, once a day in the UK, we're allowed to walk to exercise because of yeah. the pandemic. So, um, it's like went for a 45 minute walk together. And that was built in after a call. And I, it's just a good idea to schedule it all in because you know that across the day, Yes, you'll get the work done, but you'll also get the exercise done. You'll get the eating done. You'll get the social done. And it's so crucial. So each week I have, I I make sure I schedule time to hang out with a friend as well, because Mm. it's good for the brain. You know, every day I have to read. Otherwise, and everyone must agree with me if they've ever tried a a to-do list, but without the times on it, you have all these notional things you do the things that you like, oh my goodness, I have to do that now. You do those first and the other stuff keeps and keeps and keeps, then never gets done at all. Right. And you end up finishing work. If you work from home, you end up finishing work at 10 o'clock at night. You've not seen anyone. You've been working all day. You don't feel very good because you've not mm-hmm. exercised. You've not read anything to nourish your brain. You just need to do, you need to do a little bit of each thing. And even if you say, you know, what? I've got a big day of work can still take a 10 minute break and stop and read right. or think or do something else, you know? Yeah. And even from what you're saying is productivity is a healthy lifestyle. If you're productive, if you're doing things, if you're active, it's healthy. But I think a yeah. lot of us buy the lies of if I stay in bed, just a couple more minutes, if I take a nap here or if I rest, or if I just binge watch Netflix all day, that this is a healthy mindset because I'm resting. But in turn, mm-hmm. that's actually the opposite because what you're saying is that a bias towards action is actually more healthy than a bias towards comfortability or procrastination. I think so. And I, I, a, bias, a bias certainly towards doing things that are good for you. Just 
we were thinking about is if you were the CEO of a business, you'd be overseeing, lot, overseeing lots of departments and functions, right? The sales, marketing, finance, operations, whatever. Right. And every single part of it is important. It's not just the sales parts, the bit that matter, because there also needs to be a people and talent element that keeps the, the workforce happy, or there needs to be an operations part part that makes sure it's getting fed. And it actually is the same scaled down version for yourself. Right. You're not going to be successful unless you invest in yourself properly. And, and well, that it doesn't mean it's a complete equal split. Sure, pretty much at these, these I went through the 2008 recession as well. So I know what it's like right now. So like we have to work our faces off, but you will be better if you get some exercise. And this morning, I remember saying to myself, I have to do the exercise. It's something they schedule. It's good for me. It's with the family. It's fresh air and so on. And man, I've got stuff to do. But right. like, you have to like, no, it's time for that. And in, in the same way, it's like, I got an email from, from a client. The, the urge is like, oh my God, I've got to check that. I should run to that notification. No, there's a time scheduled for emails. There's a time scheduled for social media. There's right. a time scheduled for all this stuff. Focus on, so stay tight on that thing. It takes time. You get, you've got to get the hang of it. But it feels so good mm. when you're at 11 a.m. and you're like, wow, look what I've done. Or right. when you finish your day and you're like, I put a shift in. And what you end up when you end up with is like definitely the productivity of three people. Yeah, and it and does. It feels it's robotic. Good. I was sorry, but I was going to say people think it's robotic and boring doing it this way. Right. But it's like it's far preferable to do it this way because you get everything featuring in your day. Yeah. Way better for you. Totally. I love that. And, and even you mentioned social media, Netflix, these things that you can see as downtime or, or time to turn your brain off. How do you mm -hmm. do that? Well, how do you handle dead space in a day, if you will, where I quickly run to my phone to scroll through social media, or I quickly run to this to just fill time? How do you combat yeah. that? So I, I try to not have uh, empty spaces where, where right. I, where I and what I'm doing is spending a huge amount of my time. And you know what it is? Is, is Because I've read so much about, uh, and, and just to be clear for the record, I'm no psychologist. My degrees are in history. Right. And this is, just, this is just experience, being on the ground and reading books about it. But what's true is that I'm like, I, I know that if I want to sit and thumb through uh, uh, social media, that's an instinct taking over. That's part of, that's a brain that is out of my control. There's part of my brain that's just like, I just want to see what other people are doing to right. see if I'm missing out because socially I need to make sure I'm tight with everyone. And that's all it is. It's like, I don't need it. It doesn't affect me. Right. And so, so good, clean living is, is a great place to be because you feel like you're in control of all of your facets. Yeah. And I think the same goes for like Netflix. Netflix is great. There's nothing wrong with it, but it needs to be given, uh, uh, it needs to be controlled like everything. Right. Things can be destructive otherwise. To binge watch Netflix to three in the morning should be a calculated thing. If I'm going to do it, it's because I know that tomorrow morning I've decided I'm going to be cool with being exceptionally tired. Right. Okay. But I wouldn't go that late. So I'd be like, you know what? I'll watch till 11 o'clock at night and I'll do it on a night when my wife is available as well. So we can, ha I can build into that time together and I'll do it on a night where I've earned it and we're not, I'm not doing other stuff. Same right. with YouTube. Like, like I, I watch YouTube cause there's a video I want to watch. And I usually reward myself with a video. Like if I want to watch a, a program or, or something that's like 10 minutes, that's the reward for a break. Cause I've achieved something like a sale or whatever. Then the, the next thing I do, and it's a habit you get used to is close the window and now carry on with the thing you have. But there's something in it when you're like, 
you know, like right now it's 4.33 and knowing, saying something to yourself, like, right, at this time, at like 4.55, I've got that thing coming up or at 5.15, I've got that. Basically everything needs to be scheduled. So even the right. downtime, the hangout, like the, the chill out with the children time and just the mucking about on social, you can do it, but schedule it. Like right. if I want to binge on, on Facebook or on, on YouTube or on Netflix, fine, but schedule it because then you know when there's a start and there's an end. And I don't know about anyone else, but I don't want to be controlled, which is what would be happening, yep. by this terrible combination of a platform and the animal brain that's working of instincts like, oh, I just got to watch one more thing, just got to watch one more thing. Totally. No, thanks. I'm a grown-up. I want right. to be in control of my world. And that goes as far as all of the things that the stimulus that affects me. So I'll watch my YouTube video because I've scheduled it as a reward and then I'll close the window because, right. and it's something really, it feels really good, honestly, when you're like, yeah. no, I'm in charge of that part. And, and I think that's why I've never found myself getting too addicted to certain things either, because it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have some, some part of my brain pulling at me saying, you've got to do this. And if it does, and I've had some things like that, if it does, it's like, sorry, I, I'm, I'm tolerating you, but I'm going to be in control of, of what actions I take. And I love that feeling like I'm in control. Yeah. Two things I love in there is the one just simply closing the window. Cause I think a lot of people leave the window open and then you can kind of see it on top of your computer and it'll want you, it's kind of like pulling you back into that. Mm. And then, and then two, you kind of feel good about being able to watch a video or being able to do that because you have accomplished something. And then this is a reward and you don't exactly. feel guilty that you're not doing something else that you should be doing, doing something you want to be doing. And, and actually, I think I think uh, one of my favorite books on productivity uh, by Nir Eyal, who's um, uh, who spoke at one of my events in London last year, uh, a book called Indistractable. It's brilliant. It mm. came out a couple of week, a couple of a few months ago, and we supported it in our LA event as well. Actually, um, he he talks about this a lot. This kind of thing. I'm, I'm trying to think about my train of thought there, but but yeah, he, yeah what he says is you know you should you very much should be deciding when you're going to be productive and when you're not. And it's kind of where I got the idea of like, like with my windows, I don't have loads of tabs open. I have the thing in front of me that I'm working on. Right. And then I close it and work on the next thing. But maybe that's a character thing anyway. Like, you know, I don't leave mess everywhere. I, I'm no, yeah. First. No, I think that's, I mean, yes, it's good to be clean and be neat, but I think it's also just a motivation thing of I'm, I'm focused on what I'm doing because it's right in front of me, not yeah. being constantly distracted by other things yeah. that are kind of peeking in. So I think it's a yeah. good principle. That was the thing I was going to say just before I lost my train of thought. It was, it was he, one thing he says in the book that's fantastic is he talks about um, how, I think it's him, it might have been someone else actually, but either way it's a good book and relevant to hear, yeah. is, is how, you, how you should, a good way to view drinking, like alcohol, right? So if you want to look like drinking too much just when you're in a bad place is obviously not good for you. Right. So what makes you, what, what would be a good use of drinking? Well, do you know what? If you close a big deal or something good go happens in your world, well then you'd have your drink, right? You'd have some champagne or something. And it's the same here. It's like, don't sit, this goes back to this idea of procrastination. Don't watch the YouTube video before you start the work. Earn it. It's called a reward. So right. like you, you're anchoring now and associating up here and conditioning yourself that a YouTube video is a reward. And, you, and I, I love doing it. I did it even this morning. It's like, I wanted to watch this thing, but I'm not going to do it because I'm going to do this one more task. And I think if I remember right, I remember shifted it back one. I was like, let me just do this one extra thing. Yeah. And, and then watching, I was like, I earned this one. I really earned it. And now I can crack on with my work. It's so much better. 
so you, you work and earn the play basically right Totally. Uh, Richard, I heard you give this analogy once of being able to look at your future or having a conversation with your future self. Yes. And, and I love it. And I think it's so motivating. I think people need to hear it, but it also plays into the habits that you create now Definitely. become who you are later. So kind of give us that analogy. What was that? Well, I was going to use this sack for the oh. last question. Oh, okay. We can, we can go there if we need to. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll think of something else. But okay. Let me explain it. So, so um, it actually goes further than your future self. It's actually yeah. two people. It's your past self as well. And this sounds really weird. People are like, what's with this guy having like these right. multiple people? But it's a very, very good way of doing it. So I work and act uh, um, thinking about my future and my past self. And the reason why I'm doing this is because um, whilst I respect and love all people, that's all good. At the same time, the person I really tune into the most and don't want to let down the most is myself. And I don't want, and I, I want this sense of accountability. And it's very hard to get accountability with people if you don't respect them, right? So mm. you can have a mentor or someone you look up to, that's fine. But I think the most powerful way of looking at it is that when I'm working, so when I'm on my own and just cracking with my work, I imagine there's not just me in the room, but two other people. I, rem I imagine there's my future self and there's my past self as well. And the future self, is the ideal, which can exist, the ideal of Richard Moore. I'm 40 this year, okay, in, in October. And I'm so, so like, these are, I'm looking at someone maybe who's 50, the 50-year-old Richard Moore. That 50-year-old Richard Moore who maybe has a 10-property portfolio, who has a 6 million quid company, who has all the different things I'm after, all the goals and that, that person can exist. But if I choose, because it's always a choice, if I choose to avoid, procrastinate, not work, not go for it, I'm not enabling that person to exist or I'm pushing back that person's existence to further down the line. Mm. So the question to like, say, say to yourself is imagine future Richard is in the room right now. What would they be saying to you? Would they be like, good boy, carry on, like, good man, you're doing your thing. Right. I can exist. Or they'd be like, Sorry, what are you doing here right now? Because I'm never going to happen unless you unless you invest. And whilst we care for other people, we care the most for our future ideal self. Mm. But by I, I, I kind of evolved it a while back and thought, imagine my past self was here as well. And this gets easier as you get older because every human has to eventually experience struggle and adversity and tough stuff and um, you know, I went through some really bad, heavy stuff uh, in my early, early years. And I, I put my, my younger self, but the one who was like 33, with like 32 years old, where I had a wife and child house mortgages and cars and stuff. And I'd left my job to start my thing. And just thinking about the amount of work I put myself, like the pain, like working my face off to get myself to where I am currently, if my past self, that self, the one that works his face off to get to be current Richard was in the room, think how, like he would punch me in the face <laughs> if yeah. I wasn't, if I wasn't like honoring all that work, like how it would be like, how dare you? I work so hard to make you happen right. and look at how you're paying me. And I think it's a really great way of looking at it. It's like, I, I, I owe my past self who got me here. 
And just like you, and it doesn't mean you can't relate to it, like you're yeah. a student, but no doubt you worked your, your, your socks off to get where you are. You've right. talked to, before we went on to record about some of the amazing opportunities you had uh, already. And like your past self worked to get, imagine that moment when you had those opportunities opening up. Imagine if he's in the room right now and you're not working. They'd be like, seriously, can you pick it up? Because I, I worked hard. Now it's, you've got the bat on right now. Right. Plus your future self is like, yeah, you need to pull it up. Yeah. And I love that because, yeah. because I would love to have a board of advisors. This sounds really egotistical, but it's totally No, I, no I, I totally get it. a board of advisors that was Richard Moore through my life. That would be amazing because I would be, I would have myself because I, I couldn't hide from me. And I think, I think they would know me innately and they'd be like, I worked hard for you or I need you to pick it up because I can't exist otherwise. So that's kind of the thesis and my goodness, it works. It really does. Yeah. I love that. And I think, honestly, I think Richard, you should write a book on it. I, I don't know if you've ever told uh, that been, or been thought asked, about I've it. To, I, I think I should start focusing on I it. I think you should. Uh, thank you. Uh, but I love that. I think that's such a great way to motivate yourself to get through the laziness, through the procrastination, through the, the putting off of work is to look at your future self and say, what do I want to achieve? Where do I want to be in 10 years? And look at your past self and say, am I letting that person down by the way I'm working okay. now? Or am okay. I making that person proud? I, I love that it's such a simple way it's such a great way to look at it but it's easy uh, to visualize it's easier to visualize those people in the room because yeah. they're you and you know what they're feeling they would actually be feeling and therefore you can simulate in your mind how they would react right. like they give you a good kick in if you weren't right or they would encourage you and say hey keep going press on you're doing well exactly right exactly yeah. right you can tap into that in at any time and i really find it powerful it gets easier like i've got children as well so it's like right. You know, give them everything you can is, is a, a parent's vibe towards right. children. I think, I think that helps a lot. But this thing just, is, it was game changing, to be honest. Oh, I love it. So good. Well, Richard, really just to land a plane, I, I would love to ask you the question I kind of stole from you earlier. I, I stole your oh, answer. I'm but go on. <laughs> I want to ask you what advice would you give to that 20 year old self if you were to look at the, the past Richard Moore, just like you said, you bring him into the room. What would you tell that person or what does the 20 year old need to hear now? Well, I, I won't be flippant. I, I would say, like, it will be in a vacuum because otherwise I'd be like, because in, in uh, 20, in, in the year 2000, I'd be like, there's this thing you need to invent called YouTube yeah. sure, or, or Amazon. <laughs> but so I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't totally. do that. But, but um, yeah, because I'd be like, it'd just be absurd. So I, I think, I think the thing I would do uh, is, it's difficult because I, I think I would, I would say, you know, you're, you're on the right course with selling and you need to embrace sales as right. a very great way of, of understanding communication. But, um, I think the advice I give, I give, which is probably the most expansive and most useful for everyone is that you, you should, um, you should focus on making sure you, you build out a really powerful network. Uh, and that means every day add to your network add and add and add every day. I make a point. I have like almost like a sales target every day. I have new amounts of people I need to connect with. And I really focus in on making sure I connect with a number of people every day. And I think if the, the more people you can connect with, the more people you, you make friends with and more opportunities that open up, it's been the thing that's really helped me a lot. Um, and so there's so many little things I could add, but I just think that that is a big deal. Like, like it's, I'm naturally an introvert. Mm -hmm. I've embraced engaging with people and, and traveling around and, and hosting events and so on because I right. know it's good for me, but I prefer, like, it's why lockdown I'm okay with. Right. But, but, like, my natural state is chilling by myself generally, but, but actually it's far better to 
focus on meeting new people all the time it really really nourishes you mm. and you never know what comes out of it i just think that matters a lot so i i think that's a good one size fits all as well for an audience no that's great and people are a great asset and building a great just spider web spider web of connections you'll never yeah. go wrong with it and you always have Correct. people in your corner you always have people advising you i, I love adding it so to good. it daily adding to it daily means you never know what's around the corner that's exciting right. And there's always opportunity. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Exactly. Well, Richard, thank you so much for your time. I got so much from it. I hope the listeners do as well. Just a bias towards action leads to results. Never put off what you can do now uh, for some time later. Do it now. Get stuff done. Be someone that people want to follow by, by doing more. Get stuff done. I love it. Thanks, Richard. You're very welcome, mate. Thank you so much.